Back to Detuned Radio. We Woo! Still, we still exist. We back, baby. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see you. It is good to see you. I'm gonna. We've opened up a bush I'm light. At our notes, because I'm no, an ally. Why? What? <laughs> why? Look, I know you're a uh, <laughs> musician and a and a and a father of a young child, so you have to pinch <sighs> pennies. But why bush? Um, the real in- uh, the real answer is because my brother-in-law, who buys cheap beer, bought some of this limited edition peach bush light. Oh, no. And he didn't like it. I, and I, so he, he dropped it off to us to see if we would <laughs> like it. And we do. So Michelle bought like a 30-pack that we're just working our way through. You said this is your brother-in-law? And, yeah, and because I'm an ally is why. It's... What's the ally joke? Anheuser-Busch. Because Kid Rock uh, can't... I mean, it'd be Bud Light is really the one, but Bush Light's the same company. No, no, no. Who is the one... There was a trans woman. Yeah, Bud Light. They, was that... That was okay. Bud Light. Oh, and then Kid Rock shot the... Okay. Yeah, geez. Budweiser is owned by Anheuser-Busch. That was... No, I know. That was that so was long just, ago. That in, is a dated reference. That's outrage. not how long ago. Yeah, that's not how long ago we were recording this. That is just a, an already dated reference. <laughs> I mean, it's not that dated. That was like six months ago, right? Yeah. Something like I that. I mean, but still, it's like... In internet time. Internet time. My, and we uh, have a habit of talking about current events and then posting much <laughs> later. <laughs> I also want to point out... Uh, I want to p- point this. out uh, that this is... We'll probably get the other one updated, uh, uploaded right before this one, but yeah, uh, there's there won't be a gap in publishing. But there was like a two month gap <laughs> in recordings here. Life is yeah, life has changed. It's entirely because I I I the uh, show notes writer and publisher and whatever got too busy and yeah, uh, busy with what besides seeing concerts on Mondays I, like. Seeing concert. What do you mean seeing concert? What did I see on a Monday? You saw. There are a few different times where it was like, "Oh, I'm going to a show tonight." <laughs> we go to a lot of concerts. No, and some of them are on Mondays. Some of we them are on podcast Mondays. Yeah, sorry, we did go to one, and I can't remember what one it was. Uh, uh, what's the guy? Is it Luke Bryan, the guy that's not the oh, guy. Oh, we went to Zach Bryan. We went Zach, to Zach Bryan. Bryan. He gave me. He gave me COVID. He, he gave, gave COVID. you COVID. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're not we, supposed to like lick his door. We got out, obsessed man. with Zach Br- My wife, like, really, I don't know, she discovered him about a year ago and some change. And then she really pushed him on me. I checked him out. I fell in love with the American Heartbreak, which is over two hours long. Great record. Fell in love with the whole. He has three records and like two EPs or something. And, uh, and one of them was still 120 minutes long. Just split yeah, them up. The Just split American, them up, man. Exactly. <laughs> Just I don't split know. them up. I don't know. Country music, they be doing that. Um, and so we are obsessed with them. But because, and I think you probably empathize with this, like despite being big music consumers, it's hard to tell how actually popular something is. Because like... I have no idea. 
Uh, I've no clue. Like I'm gonna bet, I'm gonna bet fifty dollars right now. You've never heard a Morgan Whalen song. Uh, is that the guy that was banned from SNL and then came back yeah. to SNL two weeks yes. later? <laughs> yes. He. <laughs> yes, I've is heard the song that he's sang there. Stupid popular and like so he's a dumb. guy who have like no one in my world is even mentions him. And so with Zach Bryan, like and, I have, yeah. I just know I'm a fan of him and my wife is. And he's comes here and he plays the uh, whatever Oakland uh, Arena where the well where <laughs> where the Warriors used to play. So uh, we go there. And so I knew, okay, he's blown up in the past year. He's, <laughs> he's having a good year. Um, cool. And then I knew he had a new record coming out in like a week or two after the concert. So we go see him, sold out concert. We were in the like air quotes pit. It's like country, so there's no way to pit, but like the <laughs> stage is right in the middle. Be the change, be the change you wanted to see in the world, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, because it's essentially a basketball court type yeah. originally for that. The stage is this giant uh, square thing. It was really well set up. So he can kind of, each song, he just rotated to a different mic mm. that was facing that side. Okay, so it's nice. Anyways, hugely popular. I was like, holy cow, he is, okay, he's really popular. Two weeks later, the new record comes out. He's the number one selling country artist in, the, in, in uh, number one country artist in the nation, but his song with Casey Musgraves off the new record, which I love, because oh. we both like the new record, is the number one why. song in like on the billboard top whatever like regardless of genre so he's having a good year yeah good. But that, yes that reminded me of the concert I went to on yes so, and, and then we got covid really bad and then also we haven't recorded in a while which is what which is the chain of questioning we're on right now um <laughs> yeah i've been working too much i've been, been working, working too much, much. i i did i did get rewarded with a promotion i was chasing a promotion and woo. You shouldn't have to do this work, uh, bitch. <laughs> you have to do this kind of thing, but and it's part of it's self-inflicted, but part of it's not. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I was hitting deadlines, hitting OKRs. If you don't know what an OKR is, God bless you. Uh, but it, it happens, and I'm still kind of like Keystone some, something keynote. It's not like I got promoted key. and key uh, all my indicator. work went away. Yep, it's key indicator. Aha. Uh, okay. But I flat out told my boss, it's like, I've been going at 110% for like a long, long, long time. I have to dial it back. Yeah. Uh, he was very receptive to that, thankfully. Did you did you say that pre or post promotion? Oh, after. Ah, <laughs> that's the way you do it. Sure, hey, you know all yeah. this great work I've been doing? I got to do less. Yeah, like I have Give to. Give me your money, old man. Own sanity. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have not been working crazy like that because. But you just, say that, but you do stuff. I do stuff because I don't so work. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you have a ba- you somehow write songs and put out records and. Yeah, whatever. Think, uh, you do lots of no, house lo- lots stuff. change, lots change. So we have a we have like a full grown adult now. Uh, Ellie turned <laughs> Ellie turned one a few weeks ago. Congrats. And uh, she took her first steps on Friday morning. It's uh, Monday right now. Whoa. Uh, maybe it was even Saturday. I don't know. She hasn't walked again since. Um, but then last night was her first night in her own room. So. Okay. Like, wow, look at this. And she knows, it's- like, 
if you tell her to boop, she'll boop your nose. And if you tell her to bonk, she'll bonk her head against yours. And sometimes... It's funny how much parenting uh, changes from generation to generation because, like, um, my parent, Like, when my friends who are parents who have young kids, they're... The trials and tribulations in their parenting do not, like, my parents did not have those same trials and tribulations. Like, they had natural ones of, like, oh, raising a kid. But, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. they they weren't like, oh, he's throwing a fit because he's not getting iPad time. <laughs> I didn't have iPad time. I just was bored because I was child and uh you know that's why you had all those that's why you had all those nintendo players guides yeah you 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 just be like well we're bored now i just want to play with legos have we have we talked about this before did you like me read through those players guides when you weren't playing the game like just for fun (laughs) just yes I had the just players to like guide. be in that world. Yeah, just to be there. I had the players guide for Yoshi's Island at least a year before I ever played the game. <laughs> I because I my parents were like, "No, yeah, that's too expensive." Like and it's like, yeah, it's like video games have always been sixty dollars or fifty dollars or whatever. It's all a new yeah. video game has always been that expensive. They're like up to seventy now, which is. In the, I was gonna say in the, the old man in me is like. Rah, 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 rah. The, in the Super Nintendo era, they were forty-ish. I think it was like 40, 45, Yeah, like it's relatively the same. That's like when they I raised think adjusted the for inflation. It'd be five. I was like, Meh. yeah. I, was for, like, I think inflation, it would be <laughs> even more. I think you're right. So, but but like my parents were like, we're not gonna sp- we're not gonna buy you this video game. But I mean, yeah, sure. That player's guide is twelve dollars, so why not? <laughs> so you read about the game, kid. Yeah, and then I then I got a used copy. So, um, um, yeah. So you did. Uh, why hasn't she tried to walk anymore? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you like discouraged her like, those, are, <laughs> those are bad steps kid. no you gotta put one foot in front of the other you're doing it all wrong now we we keep trying to like put her up and like try to get her to walk to us again we try to keep trying to replicate the exact scenario and she <laughs> decides no i don't like I'll, I'll pick her up and like set her feet on the on the ground to, so she could stand but then she'll decide set no i'm gonna eat a bone the rock <laughs> Sorry, I had to, uh, I had to she, continue. She learned she learned how to knee walk a little bit before this, okay. which really just started with she would be crawling and wanting to show us something, and so she would just hold it up and then try to crawl to us, but she can't reach the ground. So here she is. She's walking on her knees, and that's that's uh, <laughs> that's been working for her. But uh, oh, be, and she's a world traveler now too. She's already got a stamp on her passport. We went to Sweden a couple weeks ago um, to visit. Wait, uh, just real quick, back up. Do babies have to have passports? Yes. Really? Yeah. You can't just be like, "This is my baby." No. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> then anybody like, could get any. That's what. Well, that's how children. You, that's how children are trafficked. You go back Jesse. like. Uh, 30, 40 years, right? That's why so many children were trafficked. (laughs) (laughs) 
there's so many things from like my parents' generation where you were just like, yeah, you just went down to the local whatever and said you were the guy and they gave you the thing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I didn't know if babies needed passports. Uh, yes, she does have a passport and it has a, an official passport photo in it <laughs> that we had to get taken at the post office. And How long is that valid for? Because mine ten, uh, has been valid for eight years. I think 10 years. Five years, maybe? So she's I think it's gonna 10. be like <laughs> nine years old and be like, yeah. I hope. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> but yeah, we went to Sweden. Uh, Michelle's yeah. brother lives out there with his family and um he has three boys now. And they came to visit last year when Michelle was pregnant. And so I think mm-hmm. they were here a month before they we had the baby. And so uh we flew out there for her to meet them and vice versa and then Michelle also then realized that she goes to Sweden every nine years like clockwork (laughs) so (laughs) first time she visited she was 18 and the second time she visited was nine years ago with me when we were 27 (laughs) and now we're 36 visiting Sweden again uh, how is it because I've I'm fascinated with just that the culture of that part of the world, not specifically yeah. Sweden, Sweden, Norway, Finland, yeah, Scandinavia. Denmark. It's it's it's, and then it's always to the to the progressive like American mind. They're always sold as these bastions, of, like idealism. Yeah, like, yeah, right? yeah. You can bike everywhere. Healthcare right. is covered. Yeah, uh, it's the greatest place to live. And I'm like, yeah, I want to visit. They seem great. But then there's always a thing in the back of my head that's like, there's a reason why people aren't moving there in droves. I oh, know people are moving there yeah, in droves. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually, so, it's uh, that's been the biggest uh, problem in Sweden, and the biggest point of contention in Swedish politics in the last ten years is that they're getting too many immigrants. Yeah, because they're mm. you know they're wide open and have pretty good uh, programs for new uh, new immigrants, new citizens, and like free language classes and uh, work prog- programs and stuff like that, and. Uh, you know, just like, um, hold on. How, I mean, how was it, uh, visiting? Was your, where would you rank Sweden? Oh, Sweden is great. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so, uh, just, just like any place with like a, a sort of us population and a sort of them population coming in as immigrants, uh, there is a bit of kind of contention there uh, in politics. It's it's nicer than ours because like someone will be like, "Hey, we should stop immigration," and everyone else is like, "Like that's mean. <laughs> Why are you so mean?" So, um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I like Sweden quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot of weird differences in the culture so like there's not they don't they don't feed people at home oh they don't feed guests yeah Yeah. that was the big internet thing and i was like that i asked my friend uh i won't say his name but i asked my friend yeah 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 yeah, that is a thing i was like so when you were playing at your friend's house after school and it was dinner time like they didn't give you a point you'd be like no, I would just keep playing and know I was eating later at home, or I would just like know that it's time to leave. And I'm like, that yeah. is insane to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's not something that I experienced because I was. I was <laughs> well, fed you're it. staying with Americans as yeah. well. Well, 
Uh, only one of them is full American, so. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it was very warm the whole time because it was like 60, 65, but they don't have air conditioning because, you know, it's, it's 60, 65. Uh, but we don't have air conditioning and it's 60, 65. <laughs> right, 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 right. But they also had a lot of really bad mosquitoes, so they didn't have the mm-hmm. windows open. And Mm-mm. their homes are also very, very well insulated uh, because of their winters. And I can't so, mosquitoes. yeah. And so the sun would beat in through the house, through the windows all day and heat it up. And then they don't have fans either. And so the air is just stagnant and warm. And I'm, I dressed for 60 degrees and it was a totally <laughs> different 60 degrees than I was expecting. <laughs> so that was just warm the whole trip. Um, I mean, I, I get it. Like it, people talk about, Oh, you have an SF. It's nice year. It's temperate year round, whatever. But it was 72 here the other day, but it was super humid. And like, yeah, we walked to dinner and I was sweaty by the time I got to dinner, <laughs> not in a Florida kind of way, but like, Oh, this is not like, this is not like 72 at the mall or something. Where yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's not anyways. room temperature. Yeah. Yeah. But and I'll, that, I'll say oh, man, mosquitoes. No, thank you. I'll say warmer than you're expecting is always just too warm. That's really the biggest thing. Like, I go to Florida, I expect it to be hot and muggy. Yeah. If I'm going to Sweden, even though the hot and muggy is going to be 20 degrees, sometimes 90 degrees cooler, it's still muggy because <laughs> I'm expecting it I'm to be cooler. I'm going to Florida uh, Thursday uh, for, what, five days. Uh, big meetup of a bunch of internet nerds that are Lauren. My wife Lauren's in a horror community horror movie community and they've become like really good friends over three four years uh and now they're finally all like let's meet up and so they're going to universal studios like halloween horror nights (laughs) oh yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) and i'm one of the husband you know one of the spouses that's getting drug along um i mean i say drug like i don't know these people but i'm like oh cool i'm i'm excited to meet these people that my wife interacts with on Discord, like, a ton. But, uh, yeah, I I own one pair of shorts. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like shorts. I absolutely hate them. I I hate the way I look in them. Uh, I hate wearing shoes. Like, shoes with them always looks bad. I do not like shorts. Uh, And I'm going to be wearing shorts, I know. So There you go. I, I generally just have a pair of shorts and a pair of pants at a time. And that's my like pants. One? If, yeah, if my pants rip, I go buy a new pair of pants, which that happened today. So I got to go buy a new pair of pants. What? You have a single pair of pants? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all you need. It's not like you can have layers. Uh, fa- fashion connoisseur. Just a, just a pair of black um, jeans. That's all you need. But what else happened? I it's worth mentioning to yeah. This is that's a good story. Nerds. I read oh that well, that one rings that that's a good story too. Uh, I read it all in between sometime in between last podcast and this one. <laughs> um, Took a lot less time than I did. Um, 
Yeah, I kind of don't want to talk about it because if you don't say it's the greatest thing ever written, people scream at you. <laughs> but it's not the greatest thing ever written, you guys. It's pretty good. Yeah, and there's some flaws. I, I, he could have used an editor. <laughs> he could have used an editor. I about that. He could have oh used an adapter. God. He did very well with an adaptation. He, I'll say. Uh, there are parts of the book where I'm like, oh my god, he is a genius for coming up with this whole world and doing all this. Like clearly, a brilliant guy. All the work that it took, and I'm like, and he really thinks that like. <sighs> He thinks I care about Faramir a lot more than I do. Like, I do not care. Oh, my God. Can we move on? And, yeah. um, and so the... Yeah, so Return of the King was easily the hardest one for me to get through. Like, I, I just... There were points where Sam and Frodo are walking around the damn mountain. And I'm just like, They're guys, there a while. just get to the crack and throw the thing in. And then here's my beef, and I will scream it from the rooftops. <laughs> the You spend 1,000-plus pages getting to the damn crack in the Mount Doom or whatever. And Gollum, spoilers if you've not seen the movie or read it, Gollum shows up. Frodo can't do it. Can't throw the ring. The ring finally has kind of power over Frodo briefly. Gollum shows up, fights him for the ring, bites his finger off. Gollum and the ring and presumably the finger fall into the crack and die and uh, Sauron's power's gone Yeah. Um, in the little three sentence paragraph that that takes place where it's like Gollum jumps on him and bites his finger and then they fall in there is zero line in the entire thing where it says like and the ring fell into the lava or and the ring fell into the cracks <laughs> zero <laughs> Like, I had to reread it, like, three times. I was like, wait, wait, are we done? Is this it, right? I've seen the movie. Like, I think this is the part, but, right, is there more? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was just like, and Sauron's powers weakened. And I'm like, but did the ring go in the pit? Like, did what? And so, I, I think that, uh, I think that he's counting on the, the reader to make an inference there. I agree. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, you told me about, like, the high order of elves for seven pages, but you didn't have, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, me and my friends have been beefing about this. I said, <laughs> uh, they're all Lord of the Rings freaks. And I'm like, look, it's good. Uh, and then I say, I say, I prefer, uh, I prefer my fantasy a little more game of the thronesy. Uh, I haven't read those damn books cause I'm never going to, but, uh, a little more of the TV show skewing. Yeah, uh, I I, like, I, I I like a little more violence and uh, <laughs> okay. duplicitousness in my fantasy. But yeah, Lord of the Rings is good. I've, obviously, I finally read Lord of the Rings uh, when the lockdowns hit, mm -hmm. and so because I had I had started it a few. Oh, so you, yeah, I've been it. through it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I started it a few different recently. times. Yeah, um, I had started it like I think once in high school and a couple times in college, and then. I think I tried it's to start. It's a very easy one to start, it's, and then you sort of. Oh man, they are in that damn shire for so long. Because well, the part just that, getting the part to the movie, the part Bree, that, right, getting to Bree oh takes so long. It's not even that. It's just <laughs> leaving leaving the shire alone. So what what the movie cuts very expertly is that in between 
Gandalf coming and saying, hey, I'm going to check out this ring. Uh, mm-hmm. You wait here, and I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to go research things about it. (laughs) I'll be back. Yeah. That was 20 years. Yeah. In the movie, it's like a week later. It's like like, a couple weeks. You still got that ring because things are bad. Right, right, right. In the book, it's it's just 20 years. I've been researching. You're like, what? (laughs) And he's like, oh, hey, um, (laughs) this might not be a great idea. And Frodo's like, what the hell, man? I've had this for two decades. I, I but, genuinely didn't think I was going to make it through the books because uh, the, the intro's strong, and then they get on their journey, and then I'm like, okay, cool, they're on their journey. I remember this part, and they like, uh, and Mary and Pippin aren't with them yet or whatever, and they end up with Mary and Pippin, and I'm like, okay, cool, they're going to go to Bree. That's their destination, to get to Bree, oh, and gosh. I think yeah. just tell the guy whatever. That was their original journey. Just meet Gandalf. Go to Bree. Meet just Gandalf. Go to Bree. And, um... Their journey to Bree in the book is already its own arduous journey complete yeah. with, like, they get swallowed by trees in a forest, <laughs> and they have to fight the trees. Yeah. And then they encounter my least favorite part of the book is Tom Bombadil. Oh, God. weird-ass wife. Tom Bombadil. His weird wife that, like, they all get horny for. I... They're all like talking about her beauty and they can't stop thinking about her beauty. And I was texting with my one friend is like a Lord of the Rings nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reads them every He's read the Silmarillion. And he was just like any criticism I had, he was just like, nope, you're wrong. That (laughs) chapter is crucial to the story. And I was like, no, Peter Jackson also clearly thought it wasn't in the extended version. Like he didn't film it, right? I don't think any, I don't think any adaptation has Tom Bombadil in it. No. But if they do, everybody agreed. It was good. Yes, it but just got that. if if they ever do, it should be Jack Black. <laughs> That's a good. Yeah, it seems like a big, uh, sh- you know, big jolly man. But um, anyway, but no. So I what's what's War also what's also funny is I believe that Tom Bombadil is is Tolkien's self insert character. Maybe because he exists like outside of space and time. Yeah, and it's sort of like, like they go there to recover this from is, the trees. I think <laughs> beating them up, and uh, then they Tom don't Bombadil realize how long they've been there. Yeah, yeah, they don't realize how long they've yeah, been yeah, in yeah. Tom Bombadil's house. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, they're like, look, it's great. It's one of the things I was reading, and I was iconic. like, this is it's great, indelible. I really wish he had had. Look, I say this about a lot of people I love and res- I. Uh, Ryan Adams, I think, could have used an editor most and, uh, of his career. A therapist. Uh, and other things, you know. And a and therapist. A restraining order. Um, but, like, Handler. he's a perfect example where even, like, Ryan I'm Adams. just throwing bones to South right what, now. <laughs> eight, eight records since Prisoner, since since kind of the news Man, broke and he got, he got in trouble. Eight records And he just, like, kind then? of... Yeah, he Jeez. just like dumps them out. No fanfare. They just show up on Spotify. <laughs> just show and up. you're like, they do. And you're like, Ryan, like you Ryan would, Adams you in your DMs, out, right, you ladies? Would sell out Carnegie Hall. You are yeah. one of the best selling artists, and so far you seem to have a redemption arc. People are responding to your apology and your comeback. Uh, and anyways. People need editors. Yeah. Talented people need editors. Tolkien needed an editor. Yeah. I'll, I'll say Tolkien, I and I loved the books. I loved them. 
Um, but I do think he is a much better world builder than he is uh, a storyteller. Agreed. Which is he why read the King James Bible and thought, you know what, this is the height of literature. <laughs> no, yeah, what it I'm was, gonna write, I'm going to write like the King James Bible. What it was was in between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. He went to World War II. Was it? I thought he. I thought he. Okay. I always was under the impression he was in, a fighter in World War One. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, okay. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. But so. But World War One happened before the Hobbit. Right. But so World War Two happened, and he got real reflective about maybe about everything that had gone on, and so because uh, he had like written a ton. Some of the poems that he has in there were like written when he was in the trenches in World War One. Hmm. So it's like it was kind of like a all right. Let's find a sandbox for like all of the ideas I've ever had to li- to play in. Yeah, and I, I I ultimately. You know, enjoy it. I don't know if I'm going to sit down and ever read it cover to cover again. Because, I mean, that was a journey. That was a lot. Especially, you know, in the modern era where you typically have two hours of real free time a day. If you're lucky. If you're not. Um, and so. Trying to. I was, I was going to get real graphic. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you're getting your promotion. You got your promotion, man. No, but I mean, like, after a commute, after an eight-hour yeah. workday, after dinner, after cleaning up the dinner, after finding time to work out, after all the chores, then it's like, you really are allotted with, like, two hours of free time, in mo- you know, if you're lucky. Yeah, that's when um, you gotta and so, make some decisions yeah. about how you're organizing your life. You gotta, you gotta read Lord of the Rings on the company time. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sneak off um, into the bathroom. Yeah. Well, but Chris Tolkien's doing all right with it. He's doing okay. He, yeah. Which brings us maps. to the topic. Draw the maps. <laughs> brings us to the topic yeah, for the day. <laughs> Chris Tolkien. That's what we're talking we're about. Talking about we're talking about uh, um, sh- uh, Christopher Car- Lee's Christopher Lee's heavy metal record. And wait, did he really make a metal record? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sar- Saruman. <laughs> mm-hmm. He okay. did. I need to find it. It's my weekly pick. Uh, no, but yeah. So you, how about you introduce this topic? Because you texted me a bit ago. I'm I'm gonna be crappy at it, other than like, because I think this applies to everything. But the topic is nepotism, or specifically nepotism in music, and like, we all when look. I don't want to put numbers at it. I'm just going to say more often than not when a burgeoning artist explodes on the scene and they are young, if you research who their parents are, they either have money or are connected and or both. Um, And Taylor Swift, you know, I was reading an article today about to prep for this about Clario and like everybody thinks of Clario is this like twee, I, I'm sorry, I can't with that style. I can't with that entire style, the entire genre <laughs> of like bedroom pop. I can't, I can't do it. I don't even know I who you're talking it. about. Clario, she was one of like bunch that came out. But it, like this article talked about her of being like, okay, her music is good and people responded to people liked it. But she was in a sea of a billion clones of people just like her. 
why did she pop off? And it's like, oh, because her dad was like the uh, director for Starbucks Music. Oh, there you go. And it's like, okay. And you see this over and over and over. Yeah. Like even you know, I like even when you look up something like, and you know, I don't. I hate the old men who 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 just hate on any anybody that's young. That's really boring. Uh, I think Billy Eilish is really talented, and her brother's really talented. But even if you dig into them a bit, it's the, these aren't just two teens with ideas who shopped them around. They had strong help from parents. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know. And, you know, we also, by that same token, like Taylor Swift, whose dad is a multi-million dollar hedge fund guy or whatever. He's, he's something in finance. He's some Wall, yeah. Wall Street speculator or something. And before she yeah. was born, her mom was like a marketing director for some big, huge corporate thing. And so these are people who have money who have a daughter that they want to get uh, exposure for. They want people to hear, like, this is my daughter, she's talented. And not, not to belabor uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, she, I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to take away anything from Taylor's songwriting or performance abilities or anything. Um, entirely separate from that, it's that she had parents who were uh, resourced enough and connected enough mm-hmm. to make that exposure happen, to give those opportunities to her that would be bereft of other uh, young singer-songwriters, probably about the same level of the same talent, uh, who would have succeeded had they not been given the same exposure and talent, and or exposure and resources and whatever. I mean, I don't know. I just know, like, one one of the more, how do I explain, how do I say this clearly? Something that has always stuck with me uh, with, with, I'll say, punk people or music, which I would include you and me in a degree, even though I don't even really listen to punk music that much, but, like, regular, just earnest music fans is that, you can sort of sense this thing of like, wait a minute, why are they get why are they getting to skip the line? Yeah, like I'm not against them. I'm just saying why why don't they have to grind it out on the indie circuit a little bit? Like so Lady Gaga debut did debut record. Yeah, no, Gaga's for example of of whatever your stance is on her music. Like no one's looking at her and being like, oh. She didn't do her pay her dues where and and by the same token, like I can't hate on someone like I don't know, Miley Cyrus for right like if I'm a dad what you now have a daughter, if you uh let's say your band rot takes whatever, you come into a ton of money somehow, you're going to you can't turn that off. Like it's very hard to turn off the you know, and I'm gonna make them go to the grind. You're gonna go, I'm gonna help they're really talented and I'm gonna yeah. help them a little bit and I'm gonna I'm just going to write a letter to this guy. And we see it through, you know, this has come up a ton with the uh, overturn of, I mean, I know we're way off topic already, but it's <laughs> not. It's like we overturned uh, affirmative action, yeah. but we didn't overturn uh, legacy admissions. Like, well, who are the legacy right, people? Who right. was going to Harvard in the 50s? Yeah. 
white people right. almost exclusively. Yep. And and rich people. And so it's one of these things where you like I don't blame any parent for trying to help their child, but I do blame the system for like allowing that to happen. Uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, there's my rant. It's subject. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things that's hard because it's it's almost always that initial push, right? It's it doesn't really create talent. There are plenty of people who have wealthy parents and don't have that talent that kind of fizzle out you know and and i'm not even i can't even think of an example because they fizzled out you know and so there has to be something real in that kernel for somebody to respond to like that just is the way it goes but it at the same time i think we just have to and and we've done it okay and i think i'm just saying we're saying this like we we've been circling around it again there are opportunities that are afforded uh or let me back that up to succeed in the entertainment industry there mm-hmm. are opportunities you have to take that the great majority of people are not financially able to do totally i mean and, even in my case like i was making 8 Dollars an hour mm-hmm. in Michigan in twenty six two thousand six. Uh, I said twenty as if <laughs> as I was about to say no two thousand six, and uh, going to college full time and whatever. And uh, I went to a very very cheap school by college standards yeah. because I maybe I'm an nepotism baby. My parents paid for the majority of college. Um, I had to pay for some of it, but. And but knowing what they could afford, I made the choice mm-hmm. of I don't want to be saddled with debt, so I'm going to go to this cheapy little school. Whatever, I was spending every dime I had on trying to make this record. I remember when we sent it off to get mastered. It was like one of those things. Are okay? What are the prices? And you know, it's just yeah. very sending it off when you're 21. Yeah. It's sending it off into the void. You're like, okay, I'm going to send you these like flack files, and I hope you don't. <laughs> mess them up or you know not flak files but whatever the raw the waves stuff and uh and i think that was like two thousand dollars for us and you know we had to like all of us were like Oof. yeah that was a ton of money for us yeah um and you know if that is not a ton of money for like looking back like you know i have my own qualms with my previous band or whatever but somebody somehow came with the other man i re-listened to my band's first record and i was just like this is good. Like, there's stuff on here that I'm ridiculously proud of that, like, could have stood alongside of. And I'm saying this, you know, it's very easy for me to hate myself and hate my former <laughs> stuff. And I'm saying this all, you know, it's very easy for me to go, oh, that's all garbage. And I'm like, no, this, there's no reason why this couldn't have also been on college radio yeah. alongside a lot of its peers, alongside Death Cab and other stuff. Not saying I'm as good as, as Ben Gibbard. Um, but I just had no... We didn't know what we were doing. We had no avenues. Yeah. We would just play every little shitty show in Michigan that we could and then try to make it home in time to go to school the next day. College <laughs> the next day. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's easy to forget that, I think. Especially because you are... We are already... Most of us as listeners, we're already on the other side of that filter of the people who didn't actually have the talent to make it through 
mm-hmm. are so like we're already seeing the the better ones typically there's even even like the most banal top 40 copycat pop you know there's already been obstacles for them to get through there has been mm-hmm. um you know the <laughs> but what we're not seeing really and because there is a little bit of like a like a like a listener voting listener voice thing there because a, a lot of times a label will take a chance on somebody who like eh, i mean you're not great but sure whatever we'll we'll pay yeah, f- maybe this is the news like guys yeah like i'll i'll distribute it because your dad you know owes me a favor i owe your dad a favor or whatever and but we're not seeing the previous filter of the people who can actually get to that point, you know, and I, as a person who's, um, like, I feel like my, I, I am loathe to call it a career. Um, but I feel like my music is gaining the most popularity it has at this point. You know, and, mm-hmm. and part of that is due to, you know, the changes in technology and things like that, I'll admit. But at the same time, I didn't have those resources to make anything, like to pursue anything else. Like, and I didn't know anybody in the industry. I didn't know, you know, so like you're saying, like you sent this thing off to mastering. I, I had no connections on what, how would you even do that? I didn't know how to book local shows. Yeah. Like we played three shows, and one, two of them were the Battle of the Bands, or I, uh, I, let's say five, five. Two of them were the High School Battle of the Bands. One of them was some event at my church. One of them was my graduation party, and one of them was some house show that I don't know how <laughs> I play, got. You played at your own graduation. You're like, welcome to my graduation. Hell party. yeah, I did. Hell yeah, I did. Listen to me. Well, because it was a joint. It was a joint graduation party for me and my best friend, who was also in the band. Oh, that's awesome. And also our stepsister. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> had a much uh, worse time at our graduation party than we did. <laughs> I'm sure that your extended families all appreciated the weird emo. That oh, they had gone, they had gone home at that point. It was just friends. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, but I, you know, it's, it's this thing is like, I probably, and I've been revisiting, uh, we can get into this on the next episode. Um, I've been revisiting my, high school bands uh the ep that we meant to record but never did (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i've been revisiting those songs a bit i started doing that earlier in the pandemic uh but michelle (laughs) i was talking are you are you able to do that without cringing because i oh i just cringe through it i just go through it there's a spoken word track that's just first corinthians 13 (laughs) ew (laughs) Why? Because it was that zeitgeist of like there were so many of those Christian emo bands who were like doing like a like a spoken word scripture track, you know? Yeah. And I like, I but I am saying I could not if I, I never did that, but I I would be like, nope, nope, I can't. This for what it's worth, I haven't done, that. I haven't recorded that vocal part on that track yet, and that was I started three years ago. So. <laughs> But um, but no, but I'm going through these songs and I'm listening to this and especially, you know, as I'm going back and listening to stuff from that era that I missed and even like stuff that I didn't miss, but like, what was I listening to then? 
and I'm going back and I'm listening to this, you know, stuff I was listening to in high school and the stuff I was making in high school. And I'm thinking, what the, this absolutely would have found an audience if, if I had the, if we had the ability to record it well and get it out there, we absolutely could have found some sort of cult following on there. Like, you know, like American football was together for eight months and then like that first album lived on and burned CDs and like vinyl bootlegs, you know? And And it was not a popular record until 2016 or something like that. It was very late. American football? Yeah. Oh, so I heard, I mean... I mean, it was around, but like nobody... They were talked about uh, as part of the... the, It's the Kinsella Brothers and whatever. Yeah. But like, I had... I had it downloaded, but, uh, you know, burned on CD and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I don't don't even know if I ever saw... Uh, oh no! Yeah, it not was, like it is now. I mean, now like even Captain Jazz, uh, uh, Captain Jazz, Captain Jazz, uh, Joan of Arc. Yeah, like they the most famous Captain Jazz thing that they put out is a career retrospective. Yeah, <laughs> and I bought that at uh, a show. It was called Michigan Fest. It was like an all day festival with a bunch of like emo and indie bands yeah and i remember people being like bro you never you know you never heard captain jazz i'm like no and i buy it thinking it's some legendary band and it's like it, in a way it kind of is but also it's just these you know young people who didn't have any money and right. recorded what they could and right. this is like yeah this is literally everything recorded right here you go. yeah and so like if we even would have had the wherewithal for that or yeah. the connections for that if we knew anybody who could have recorded it and distributed it that would have you know, it would have been a different, and it was just because of who we were connected to, what sort of opportunities we had before us, whatever, you know, had we been in, uh, Champaign Urbana instead of Granger, Indiana, (laughs) you know, such as how many bands unjustly were kind of made popular because they were doing grunge in Seattle. Oh my God. In the early nineties. You know what I mean? And and it's, there's so many bands that you're like, yeah, did they really deserve a, a fair. Did they deserve a shake? No, it's just they. It's the record labels going, go find me the next Nirvana yes. from Seattle. And I will. I do not say this to take anything away from this band at all because I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. But the Melvins only ever got a major label soundtrack or uh, contract because Kurt Cobain said those are the guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, I've, I mean, I think to go back to what we were talking about earlier too, like I was just ranting and raving about how much I like Zach Bryan. My wife really likes him. And there's an authenticity, like his weird, he's young. I think he's like 20. Well, I say young, young because I'm 38. He's 27. His lyrics are evocative of like way even before like even like maybe my dad's time right there they are to a degree songs about like borrowed nostalgia about old country times that maybe he didn't live through all that said you look into him and he's like he's like a guy from oklahoma a nobody who signed up to the navy went to the navy wrote music in the navy he got an honorable discharge because he was uh blowing up on 
the internet because he recorded like an album. Uh, he his friend like I think he got uh, discovered because he his friend put up a video of him on YouTube. Hold on, singing. They gave him an honorable discharge so he could do his music. Yeah, that's that's my understanding. Wow, that's my understanding. Uh, because it was like blowing up. He that's was like, crazy. I have like a whole, I have a whole ass career here going on. And so when you whatever, however you feel about him, whatever you like his music, there's something that feels genuine about it where you're like, oh, this is a guy who's just a bona fide song, uh, electric songwriter that uh, is is doing the damn thing, and um, and you, I don't know, you feel, I feel more comfortable throwing my weight and love and support behind that than yeah. I do. Luke Bryan. I don't know Luke Bryan, but he's he's the one all your all uh, all your mom's friends listens to. Probably he's just he's just I, a top forty country, pop, pop country. Country guy. music is so weird to me. It's so bizarre. I like. Uh, I tried to get into so after Morgan Whalen got <laughs> controversial, I was like, well, let me check this guy. Oh, it's just bad. He covered he covered uh, Jason Isbell's uh, "Cover Me Up." And I thought, and he did, he yes. heard that title, and he said, "Yep, I'm gonna do it." <laughs> and I he got two thirds of the way through the title and said, "Okay." I thought, uh, "Okay, Morgan Whalen. I know him as the COVID jackass who got in trouble on FNL. He's doing <laughs> uh, this cover me up cover. Jason is about one of the most powerful. I I can't say enough positive about that song, and." Right after he comes out with it. So I listened to the cover. I said, okay, this is fine. It's basically a whatever. So I thought, uh, maybe I should check out this Morgan Whalen guy. And I didn't. <laughs> and uh, right after he says something, Morgan Whalen said something racist and whatever. And Jason yeah. Isbell has basically been giving him shit. Like yeah. If you if you Google Morgan Whalen, Jason Isbell, there's like article after article where every six months to a year. <laughs> That's so funny. Jason Isbell has to come out and say, I don't support this guy. I don't want to. And so, oh, and then he donated all the royalties he got from Morgan Whalen's cover, <laughs> which is more than he ever got from his own version yeah. uh, to some charity and all this stuff. But it's like that Jeez. where it, there's like a smeller of veneer on it where you're like, yeah. what? You can't put your finger on it. And sometimes, and, and I was like, sometimes I have been wrong in the past. Sometimes I have been, oh, I can't listen to, you know, it took me a long time to come around to listening to a lot, even checking out Beyonce, right? Like I was like, yeah, whatever. That's not for me. Um, and people are like, oh, she's brilliant. She's amazing. And she's not to be clear, a nepotism baby. Um, Although I'll say, either. and I, I had this thought earlier and again, this is nothing to take away from her because, because I love her so much. But would anybody care about Solange if she wasn't no. Beyonce's sister? No. No. That, that is a good example, though, of the... She's fantastic. Right. I, prefer, I, I, I prefer Solange to Beyonce by a ridiculous degree. I mean, but she was the indie, you know, Solange. She's the indie the, Beyonce. She's the, the indie Beyonce, and she, like, turned Jay-Z on to, like, Grizzly Bear and stuff back. <laughs> well, Chris Bear, like, Chris Bear uh, produced her first EP, or not her first EP, her good, her first good EP. The true EP mm. was mm. was a Chris Bear collaboration. I didn't know Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It was just yeah. Like and then she Solange yeah, and then she snuck Jay Z like, and Beyonce. If you like Beyonce, you know that, or if you, if you don't like Beyonce, but maybe. But you Trevor like the Knowles family. Um, if you like the Knowles sisters, but you don't. I was gonna say, like, some right talking about this inevitable. You, you can't talk about nepotism in America and in really Western history without brushing up against racism. Oh, of course not. And. Uh, are you familiar with Jan Werner or Werner? I don't know how to say it. I'm not. Co-founder. Co-founder of Rolling oh, Stone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is what we're talking Co-fo- about. Or he founded Rolling Stone. co-founded the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yep. And he he's written a couple books, but his new book is called The Masters. This has been making the news rounds lately. Uh, if you're listening, feel free to fact check me. Um he has a new book coming out called The Masters, and it details, it, it does profiles, uh, deep interviews of seven, I think seven people he calls, he considers masters of the craft. And guess what? He's in his late 70s. He founded Rolling Stone. It's boomer music. I like nearly everyone he interviews in the book. Is like I think the list is like yeah. Springsteen and, and Mick Jagger and whatever, and Bono. I don't like Bono, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways. And so he instantly got criticism for, hey, there's, this is literally only white men. Like, are you telling me? Yeah. Whatever. So he does an interview with the New York Times to sort of <laughs> try to right that ship. And the man interviewing him uh, openly at the top says, like, I used to work for Rolling Stone. No, I work at the Times, blah, 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 blah. So he's interviewing them. And he just says, like, were there no, like, are you telling me that there's no? He said something like, the uh, you'd have to look at it, but it says something like the conversation or the depth just wasn't there with some of the women artists. Yeah. You and he, I saw like, I saw a kidding screenshot me? of that you posted. It's like, are you kidding me? Like Madonna or like Alanis Morissette, like how, who, Janis Joplin, whoever? Are you kidding me? And these oh, he specifically he specifically like, okay. said Janis Joplin. Yeah, he was like, and then, why do you why do you think people will listen to this? It wasn't because she had a great mind or something like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He he makes comments about her, and then he's like, okay, fine, black artist Marvin Gaye, what Curtis Mayfield, what's the story there? And again, rather than I would have accepted it if he just said, yo, this is just the music I like, and I wanted to write a book about artists I like. Right, fine. No, but he, when you're calling it the Masters, and you're and you're the founder of Rolling Stone and the co-founder of the Rock and Hall of Fame, you are the gatekeeper of mainstream taste. And frankly, what like you and I have talked about this a lot of like what gets labeled good, yeah. and gets that badge. Like this is why Rolling Stone magazine, this, his magazine, had to redo their top 500 albums of all time because they did it like originally in 2010 or 11, and it was like, yeah, I'm sorry, but it was like ridiculously skewed towards boomer music. Oh, 100. I mean, probably the like, top yeah, 10. Yeah, I still like Blonde on Blonde too. Yeah. but like you're telling me that like all the top 10 is just happened to come out in the 60s. Like, yes, it just happened. The, to. All the come on the top 10 greatest records of all time all came out within five years of each other. Yeah, and it was before, when and it was before. when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's you're like, are you kidding me? Yes, Elvis was a big deal, but yeah. like. Come on. And, you know, from your perspective, right, I'm sure you would go to bat and and if you have an you rant about how Me Without You should be on a list like that or something. <laughs> but you just don't I, – I bring all this no, up to keep just them underground. Say, you look at stuff like this and then Jan Werner, now he had to step down and he got in trouble and blah, yeah. blah, blah. 
but you're like, oh shit, this is the gatekeeper. This is the guy who's been deciding what good and bad is for like, yeah, you know, in mainstream. Um, and so yeah, it is nepotism at that point, well, you know. Yeah, and it, it's Implicitly. also. Uh, I mean, nepotism is not quite the word for it, but, uh, but yeah, it's the whoever's you're right, you're right. It's not whoever's favoritism. editing. Yeah, the favoritism you have on, the, and even you know he's the king of pop. His family is another instance of, you know, how many of the Jacksons released albums only because their last name was Jackson, who had no mm-hmm. reason doing it. Um, I mean, that was a punching. That was like a joke for yeah. years of all the ja- Tito. anyone who wasn't Janet or Michael. Tito was, was the like, worst yeah, of them. Like, um, but uh, but no, like Michael Jackson uh, and his uh, managers had to like go to bat against MTV because mm-hmm. they weren't playing the the music video for Thriller. It was the number one most requested music video in the country, and they weren't playing it. I mean, is, was it a race? I'm not familiar. I'm assuming it was a race thing at the time. Uh, at the point, yeah. 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 And so, and it was uh, as as weird as it is to think about that, because like, that's in the scope of things, you'd think Michael Jackson is, and maybe I'm just old, Michael Jackson feels a lot more recent than Rolling Stones, Beatles, oh, whatever, sure. you know, and so... Um, the fact that Michael Jackson had to advocate for his place on MTV because then Thriller became the most played music video they have. Yeah, there I mean, was, <laughs> and it was like I, w- I was not watching MTV at the time, no. and I have seen that video a ton because it just is ubiquitous. It gets yeah. played somehow, played some and parodied, and people know the dance. And yeah. like even I even know part of the thriller dance, you know. I'm not yeah. that kind of person, but I know the thriller <laughs> dance, and I mean like a person Same, who yeah. knows dances. Uh, yeah. I don't mean anything else. Um, but the gatekeepers were even blocking Michael Jackson's way, you yeah. know. And then Prince had to deal with the same thing, and you know, all this other stuff where there was such this relegation at a time where you had music and then you had black music. Totally. And so, which is ridiculous. Um, cause <laughs> you know, it's all comes from sister Rosetta Tharp and muddy waters and fats, uh, fats, Domino, I don't know. Some guy named fat, <laughs> some old blues guy named fats Domino. Fats Domino, is that a guy? One of them. Um, oh, my. Yeah, Fats Domino. Yeah. One of my. <laughs> I almost said Fats McGee. <laughs> one of my favorite bits. Um, I don't know if it made it to your site internet, but it's like anytime you are wondering, it's it's like that thing where you look up some new uh, artist, uh, you pull up their Wikipedia and their parents have a Wikipedia page. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a good, you know, that's as soon indicator. as you, see, you go, hmm, hmm, okay, okay. And like, um, you know, it's th- so when you say nepotism, I'll be honest, the very first name that came, specifically in reference of can you make good music when your parents kind of help yeah. you out? Um, and I don't know how much because I don't know her whole story, but is Lana Del Rey. I know when 
that first record was coming out, I think it was 2011, I think it was 2011, um, and Video Games is this big single, and she has nothing sounded, like, like, when Lana Del Rey's first, she, I know she has one before that, I think it was technically an EP or something, but the one with her in the white, like, kind of see-through white shirt, um, with Video Games on it, it sounded like somebody took, uh, brooding, like, 1940s it was jazz and then modernized it. And it was so, well, oh my God, what is I'll, this? And then everybody would kind of sign, you know, her parents are rich. Like, you know, she's just, I, I would say it's funding her career. Right. It's, uh, like if someone took April Winehouse and turned the April, isn't that, an, what did I say? Amy, Amy, Amy Winehouse. Winehouse. God. <laughs> I was sitting here trying to remember her name. <laughs> I think at least I didn't say Amy Winehouse. No, that is it. Alice, it is Alice Winehouse. Winehouse. I, I almost said Alice Winehouse. Um, <sighs> Hurting me. I'm sorry. I I even have that record. Um, it's like if you took Back to Black and just yeah. like turned it all down. It like, like that's the it Lana, it's, it's like, like a suburban David Lynch movie almost as like uh, a record. Yeah, sure. But no, like Lana Del Rey and, uh, feels like the much safer. It's like listens to Amy Winehouse once suburban girl music. I like I like Lana Del Rey. Uh, what I've heard, I'm not a. I think she has nine records now. Jesus. I'm probably familiar <laughs> with three of them. The first two really strongly, um, but it's one of those things where like right she. To the critics, like Pitchfork, the ultimate snobs, she's crossed over and has won their appeal. Um, and, you know, her record, Norman Effin Rockwell, won, I think, like every year and or was best album of like whatever it was, 2018. And I think it's a good record. I don't think it's bad for a good year, but whatever. It's one of those things where I've been like, okay, she's been doing this so long. She's clearly very gifted and talented and whatever, but it's, you can't shake that being like, yeah. would she have ever made it? Had she not had whatever help she had? Um, and you know, vampire weekend guys are the same again. I don't know their story deeply, but yeah. I do know there was money and yep. rich parents involved. Uh, you know, like I've told you the weekend we were down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to South by that, their kind of coming out party. And it was weird because they were just everywhere. No one had ever heard of them. I heard people saying, who the hell is Vampire Weekend? Yeah. And nothing sounded like it because nothing did at the time, right? Nothing sounded like super clean guitars that were stealing from like Afro pop. Yeah, music. no one, no one had like, gotten back into Graceland yet. <laughs> yeah, it was all still the mute. The vibe was still kind of coming out of I don't know Death Cab for Cutie or yeah. uh, the National or something. Interpol um, strokes. Interpol like. for yeah, still kind of that vibe. And then I remember hearing them, and I was like, "This is dorky." And then <laughs> you know, right away somebody oh, you know, one of their dads I think is like a guy. And you're yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're. <sighs> There's a side of this that I want to look into, though, and because, like, there's always you always hear people, and you know, I say this about myself as well. Where somebody says they come from a musical family, 
and mm-hmm. you know their parents are musicians or were in choirs or whatever. Um, there are because it's one thing to have a parent who's just like rich and can get you connected. I think there mm-hmm. is another thing to have a parent who is a talented musician, and then you are also a talented musician. Uh, I do think that there. It's a lot of shadow to live in. It there is. That's that's a that is a huge thing. And like you know how much of you know the Wallflowers' career has been. Oh yeah, he sounds just like his dad. And it's like, but mm-hmm. he's doing his own thing. Like Jacob Dylan is not just copying his dad. His voice I, sounds a little similar. I would say a barely like because Bob Dylan is really and his son yeah has a much deeper, steadier kind of regular voice yeah but there's that there's a little bit of that draw though that dylan draw mm-hmm. um but you know and then you have uh, other cases like uh sean lennon and julian lennon have both had their own careers uh six you know then you have james mccartney <laughs> who <laughs> i don't know if he's ever had a radio hit um, I had never heard of him until this episode. Yeah. Uh, you put him in the show notes, and I was like, I guess Paul McCartney as a kid. I think try. that I'm pretty sure that I heard that he wanted to try to start like a super group with one of the Lennon brothers and Donnie Harrison. But it's like, bro, no one knows who you are. Like, you had the shot to like become a good music. And I would say. Yeah, people are going to crucify me for this. I think Paul was probably the most talented of the Beatles. Oh, I agree. And like, I don't think going to crucify you for that. They might. Um, no, he was Paul. It's Paul or John. <laughs> uh, but then, but then, all <laughs> things must pass. Is there? And you're like, e George, man. Um, no, no one's arguing that George is the most talented Beatle. You, we, yeah. man, when is the last time you, you're, you're not inter- interacting with enough musicians these days. But, um, but no, like they had to hire Eric Clapton to play the solos. No, Come that's on. not God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's not what happened. He asked him to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not, I wrote this and I can't play it. That's boomer shit right there. That is not what I heard from. Yeah, you heard it from your boomer parents. I heard it from no, my boomer stepdad. I've always, I've always heard that. Uh, uh, what is it? My old my guitar having, gently um, leaps. While my guitar gently weeps, that that uh, they needed, they wanted a big epic solo, and 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 no one in the band could play one, and so they hired Eric Clapton. No, it, he and he and George were good I mean, you friends. Could argue, no, okay. he and George were good friends, and he wanted George to do it, or he wanted Eric to do it. We have, I mean, if I had Eric Clapton, uh, free, you know my free we, racism. Yeah, there you go. We know we like, have our opinions about Eric Clapton. I suspend it you, for while my guitar gently weeps and for uh, Cream. You have to look at things at the time. He wasn't walking around. No, he wasn't spewing no. as far as we know no but <laughs> then she's the saying yeah now. but so all that to say james mccartney paul Mc, he's the son of the arguably most talented one of them and what he doesn't have much to show for that 
Uh, and and Paul, for you know, as, as narratives hold, he was the family man of them. You know, he was the one who wanted to uh, stop and raise his kids and uh, live off in the countryside, and that's what Ram is about. Um, but you know, and then also even between Sean and Julian, you have Julian what was kind of distant from his father. They, Hey Jude is Hey Jules, and it's because he was estranged from his father, more or less. But then, uh, when John wanted another son, Yoko said, uh, "Only if you take care of it." Like, because she had been, uh, I think it. Um, I don't remember if she'd had a child before, uh, without before John, or if she had a miscarriage or something. She had a really rough pregnancy, and he was like, I will quit music. I will raise this child as my, like just on my own. Like you can do what you want to do. And mm-hmm. that was Julian or uh, Julian or no, sorry. Sean was raised by this stay at home dad, John Lennon. Mm-hmm. And so you look at the careers of Julian Lennon and Sean Lennon, and I don't know what their relationship is like at all. I can, I can make some guesses probably, mm-hmm. but you know, I think, uh, having heard each of them, I think sh- uh, Sean probably was. A, I think he's probably a little better. He's got that that band Ghost of the Sabretooth Tiger. That's I've never listened to either. I'm aware that Sean has a band, and that's it. Uh, Julian had I've a couple hits in like the '80s or '90s, um, but uh, no, I he- I heard uh, Ghost of the Sabretooth Tiger on I think Conan. Or something like that. I'm like, oh, this is this is kind of dope. What is this? And it's like, you know, weird poppy stuff. Like you would imagine the child of Yoko Ono and John Lennon to have. Um, but then you have these other stories. Uh, like, for instance, Jeff Buckley, the son of mm-hmm. uh, folk artist Tim Buckley, who was... Jeff Buckley is one of the finest songwriters of all time. I always forget that he has any connection to anything. I always just think of him as a... As his own thing. As his own thing and a guy who had a career and as far as I know, died tragically in like a boat. Uh, He was drowning, singing Whole Lot of Love in the Mississippi River. Yeah, he drowned in some river, tragic accident. Some river. It's the Mississippi River. (laughs) No, I'm saying that's what I always remember. Yeah, yeah. but no, but his his like, dad okay. his dad was Tim Buckley, but he didn't know him, and he didn't even know he was his father until later in life, like maybe teenage twenties. Oh. It was yeah, like a, he didn't know. Like a Liv even. Ty- that's like a Liv Tyler situation. Liv Tyler, sure, yeah. Um, uh, but you, what's his name? Aerosmith was your Stephen dad. Stephen Tyler. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you look. Going to call him Aerosmith. <laughs> Tim Aerosmith. <laughs> um, but no, but like you can hear and Jeff Buckley said like he didn't really grow up listening to Tim Buckley. He didn't particularly connect with it when he did listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, he always said that I, I actually have read the 33 and a third book on Grace, which is basically just a bio of Jeff Buckley because it's his only nice. album. Um, but he said his, his stepdad was way more influential into his musical upbringing and the kind of music that he got into and what he listened to. But if you listen to Jeff Buckley against Tim Buckley, you're like, there's 
a thread here. Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe that's reading something in, but like, that's it's like it's like genetics are a thing. Genetics are a thing, and okay. and they're showing more and more, <laughs> and it's something that really is scaring me as a parent. Is that and you know <laughs> scaring me, and then also giving me some bit of uh, um, relief as well is they're finding more and more of these things are genetic. It's something like eighty percent of a person's personality markers are more genetic than they are upbringing. I mean, and look, they've done studies, you, and it's crazy. But I know you—you you probably don't even know this story because you live in a sports uh, black hole. But are you familiar? Sport. Do you know who Dion? Do you know who Dion Sanders? I know who Dion Sanders is. Okay, Dallas Cowboys you, Super Bowl '96. Are, are you familiar? Are, do you know he's the head coach of University of Colorado football team right now? No, I didn't. But I did have a so, I did have a Cowboys starter jacket when I was in third grade in 1996. The it was the story, the story of last week. Colorado, like no one cared, no one cared outside of Colorado about this Colorado versus Colorado State rivalry. No one cared about the game. I bet there was a lot of weed. And uh, Deion Sanders becomes the head coach of uh, University of Colorado, and he's been coaching for a while elsewhere, but this is, okay, he is a baseball player and a football player professionally at the same time, one of the most just physically physically fit, accomplished people in the world. And And now he's been a coach for a while. And not like, sorry, clarify for me, and not like a Michael Jordan baseball player, right? No, no, no. He played professionally. He actually He's the only athlete... To have played in a Super Bowl and a World Series. Um, as far as I know, fact check me on that. But anyways, his son is the quarterback for uh, Colorado, University of Colorado. He becomes the coach for University of Colorado. So Saturday in the fo- in, in sports realm and even like somewhat outside sports realm, people were talking about the Colorado versus Colorado State game and there's a bunch of rivalry and a mm-hmm. bunch of trash talking and whatever. But it was one of those things where I bring all this up to talk about genetics. Yeah. But his like son is really, really gifted. Yeah. And yeah, maybe having Deion Sanders as a dad, like coaching him helped that. But also you're like, dude, you were born. Yeah. You ha- Your father's one of the most accomplished athletes in the world. Um, yeah, you're probably going to make a good quarterback, and he <laughs> he did, and they won the game in uh, second overtime. I was I was up so until this, midnight. Here this other it. was his son on the other team, or on the no no, no. His, his, he's, coaching he's coaching his, his own son. son. Okay, okay, okay. So that was the whole narrative too. It yeah. was college football, right? If you watch it at all, you typically don't know the players because they're brand new college students. Right. Unless it's like their senior year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or a weirdo who's followed it. So, so much of the camera, so much, because I watched it, so much of the dialogue was, Man, you know, you, is Dion being a coach right now or is he being a father right you now? Must not, you must not thing. have the dad or uncles that I had because they all knew every player. <laughs> Gosh, their football team, that's a little, it's like, it's a little weird to me so, when you're like, oh, the new freshman. Yeah, like, no. Bro, you're like really interested in these high school players coming, or Fresh out of high school players. Yeah, my so my high school is like a really big football school. Um, hmm. We they would win state, mo like 
they get to state most years. They would win. I'm assuming you just had no interest in any of this. No, in no, your I didn't. Youth. Okay. No, I didn't. But um, that I, um, uh, I, we were having a get together at my aunt and uncle's house one time. Uh, and they live pretty close to the the stadium. There, they live pretty close to the school. And what I did not realize until we were there was that it was actually like a tailgate for the game. Oh. And, you know, and his own kids went there. He was a rugby coach there. Um, but they <laughs> were sitting in the garage listening to the game, like streaming on the internet. And like, <laughs> that's how big this was. And then, you know, like, and you would always hear yeah, like a high school game, high school game. This is a high school yeah. game. Because also, like, we're Notre Dame is here as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was say, you guys have bigger football. <laughs> we do have bigger football, but they're different days, Jesse. So yeah, Friday right. night, it's a pen. Friday night. Friday night's high school. Hard. Saturday is, is football. And, you, it, man, the way they talked about these high school students with just the, oh, man, yeah. he was real great last season. We hope that he's recovered his, his wrists or whatever. It's like that's and you're just like, crazy. why are you following the 16 year old kid? What is wrong with you? I uh, I just started watching in my downtime. Uh, I don't of which you have very little. I have very little, and I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, I started Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Uh, I've heard the soundtrack is back. good. Soundtrack's great. It's explosions uh, in the sky because the movie the movie oh, wait. is one of my favorite. It's explosions in the sky. They did the show, the not the movie. One of my favorite. No, they did the movie, and then they like use some of the okay, songs. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But gotcha. the show's a little less. The show's a little less melancholy than the movie. Okay. Um, it's one of my favorite sports movies because it's less about the triumph of sport and more about the reality, the economic yeah, sure, reality, sure, sure. the all the reality of these kids in West Texas not having many options and blah, 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 blah. And, it's uh, like basketball. In so the anyways, hood. they started the show. Yeah. If they do, you know, that's like yeah. a decent example. Uh, and so I started watching the show. Um, but all that to say football's like religion in this, and this is, it's yeah. not, Oh, it's just a TV show, right? It, the uh, TV show is no. based on a book. Yeah, that was a nonfiction book written about football in West Texas. Well, and and yeah. these guys, Texas these adult men, these adult men who have regular jobs, like on the show, there's <laughs> yeah. like a guy who is like he runs a car dealership. They like metal and they like get involved and they like will tell the new coach because that's the whole thing too is the coach is new and they're like you shouldn't start him you should start him and you're like how old this kid is 15 and this other kid is 16 like you're kind of a creep yeah like you know what I mean like it's not sexual right but it's still weird yeah but it's also like <laughs> um king of the hill you know there are so many subplots of you know, these guys getting in is like, well, we got to talk about the football team this year. Arlen, Arlen Longhorns going to have mm -hmm. a good comeback season this year. And uh, I'm actually in the, the King of the Hill subreddit. Uh, and <laughs> um, there was a post a few weeks ago that was like, hey, so like all this stuff about football and like that's that's all exaggerated right like people aren't really like this about football in texas and people are like a uh, high texan here no that's actually very understated 
<laughs> it's. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, there I, was. Look, I grew up in Michigan, and I grew up with football in the atmosphere yeah. of U of M and state. And the first time. But my parents didn't go to college, and it wasn't in my home, so I was just aware of it. Yeah. The first time I went to uh, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where University of Alabama is maybe the most insane um, college football yeah. town ever, it I, it was more culture shock than when I went to Germany. I will say that. Going to <laughs> Tuscaloosa and Birmingham, Alabama, which I enjoyed and I liked – was more culture shock than going to Germany because I was just like you, every piece of that town is something to do has some reference yeah. to the football Crimson team. Tide everything is Crimson Tide yeah. uh, I could go on forever I won't uh, yeah anyways no um, no actually somebody somebody I'm remembering now somebody in the comments was uh, of that thread was talking about how one time in their their small Texas hometown, uh, there was, you would get arrested or at least stopped by the cops if you were wandering around the city when there's a football game going on. Because they're like, <laughs> what do you got Wait, better you to doing? do? You must be up to something. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a small town, when yeah. you're a cop and you're like, Every- oh, I see some teens not at the game. Yeah. What they are- have to be doing drugs right. or drinking. Exactly. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's anyway. I know we're off subject, but I'm just talking. Well, it's, we it's not totally about the physical. I'll say, I'll say, it's not like, totally off did topic. Did Tim Buckley pass something yeah. on to, to Jeff Buckley? It's it's know. not. I don't think it's totally off topic because, uh, you know, people talk a lot about, especially at the high school I went to, like, oh, the football team is really good. Oh, also, you know, it feet like the the district has more money than the other districts in the area. And Mm -hmm. these are kids whose parents can't afford to drive them to practice and drive them to Super Bowl camp and who can afford to buy them the pads and equipment and whatever. And their Mm -hmm. parents who can afford to buy houses in the district with the good football team because people will move their kids into the district. And... If you think little Timmy has got a shot, right. you're not going to keep him at the right. wherever you're yes. at. Yes, and if you can afford to get him there, that's the yeah. big thing. And so it's it's the same sort of thing. It's it's not really pay to play, but it kind of is. I mean, there is yeah. only so much you can do when you are scraping to get by. And, and it's we've. I mean, the even I'm Friday Night Lights kind of pro- approaches that topic, yeah. right? It ha- the show debuted when. Hurricane Katrina was fresh uh, in memory, and that's a subject as they're recruiting a Hurricane Katrina refugee, a displaced family, and the kid happens to be one of the best quarterbacks, and he played in New Orleans, and they're trying to move his ass all the way to West Texas. uh, And under the guise of, look, we have supportive housing for you. We're going to take care of your family. We're going to set you up here if your son plays for us. And you're like, Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like, and my brain is going. This didn't really happen, did it? And I'm like, oh, of course, of course it, it happened. Did. Of course it did. Yeah. You know, and you know, like again, like back to the whole um, nepotism discourse. It's like, it's, I, you know, again, I don't have an issue with a parent 
I I have no right to tell a parent what level of financial investment or favor pulling is right. appropriate. Um, I would like to think personally, if I had a kid, I would make them do. I would make them quote unquote earn everything the hard <laughs> way. But you know, I don't know. Man, if I knew a guy. That's hard. Maybe I would. You always say that, and it's hard. Um, you know, and she wants to reach for that the, cookie that's out of. He's like, you can get up and get that cookie, but I'm just gonna give you that. <laughs> I'm just gonna give it to you. It's the same time. But yeah, it's uh, you know, is has has Miley Cyrus made great pop? You know, it's not my cup of tea, but has she made great pop music? Probably sure. Um, I, I have no idea if she would have made it without you know her if it, it just an honest to goodness girl from wherever she is what Tennessee or Texas Nashville she's from somewhere in the Pretty south sure. uh, I think it's Nashville um, yeah I have no idea if she I will tell you that did not have those parents if she yeah. could have swung the kind of career she had I'll tell so. you 99% not because if we remember <laughs> she didn't start out as a singer she started out as a Disney Channel actress yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, that's also Hannah Montana thing. Yeah, Hannah Montana. And then also, was, you look even. Her dad probably knew a guy. Mm-hmm, and you look before that, even at like the Disney Channel, or the, sorry, not Disney Channel, the uh, Mickey Mouse Club. And you know, yeah. you've got oh God. Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and Justin Timberlake and Ryan Gosling. And I'm, that class of. That class that like Britney and Christina and all of them were in, it's. Every single one of them has done something. All of them. And it's all like people. None of them have just right. become construction workers. <laughs> it's, and it's all people whose parents were able to move them to Florida. Yeah. N- again, not to take anything out of, not to take anything away from the talent that they have. These are yeah. incredible performers, incredible entertainers. But how many other kids could have made that spot? If they would have been given the same opportunity, I was trying to look up who else was. It's Carrie Russell was the other one that I was thinking of. Oh my uh, gosh! Who arguably has had the least successful career, and her career is still like rapid. And you were talking about Carrie Russell of the film Waitress. I've never seen. Oh, she is in that. I've never seen it. Though. She's the main. She's the main person. I've never seen it. It's. Uh, it's like this the, weird artsy movie. <laughs> I know her as. Uh, wasn't she Felicity? Felicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or Felicity. Yeah, but but no, but it, it's it is there is something to say about that. Um, I do think that there are probably some people who get through the filter of popular opinion, maybe unfairly. I mean, there are plenty of bands that get successful with no reason to be. Uh, I'll. Morgan Whalen argue strongly the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Um. Yeah, like Morgan Whalen. Man, I I'm do not sure like the chili peppers. It's because you're not from Southern California. You're in the wrong part of California to like them. Um, he sounds like someone cut his tongue, <laughs> like a big part of his tongue off. Like this is this is not making fun of a speech impediment. It's not making fun of a wisp. Don't cancel me. It's not that. It sounds like he like got part of his tongue cut off, and you're like. You don't have to sing like, and then if you hear him talk, you hear him talk. He talks really high voiced. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh hi, I'm Anthony Kiedis, and, da, da, da. and I'm like, what? It's so wild what? to me because you like, to- John Frusciani and Flea are both insanely talented, mm-hmm. and then that's the band they're in. 
It's like, what yeah. the hell? Because both of them have played with Mars Volta. And yeah. Flea and was in... thing. There, you're like, of course. Yeah. Town, and Flea, yeah, and Flea was in Adams for Peace with Tom York. And it's just like... Tom York loves the Chili Peppers, It's though. so wild. It's... He... There's a video of the... It was some award show. And this is only a couple of years ago. Some award show and the Chili Peppers are up there playing a song. You know, Anthony's up there shirtless singing whatever. And Tom, the camera cuts to Tom and Tom is like having like <laughs> in, the, in the crowd at one of those days. And you're like, guy, I don't see it. I don't get it. Uh, you yeah, know, when Tom's yeah, like, oh, I love REM, they're big influence on me. I'm like, okay, that tracks. That makes a lot of sense. And then he's like, I love the chili peppers. You're like, what? <laughs> I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like, he got, he became friends with them. And then it's just like, oh yeah, these guys are great. I'm down with whatever they are doing. I um I don't know if I have anybody I'm it, that good of friends with. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard because when people know, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten this a ton in your life. When people just know you as the music guy yeah. or whatever, they just assume like, oh, you like music. What is popular? You must like the Chili Peppers <laughs> or whatever. I'm picking on the Chili Peppers today, but like, it's it's always funny to me when. Because in the music world, it's so divided, and you have these identities, and I'm this kind of person, right? You know, and it change, it yeah. gets less as you get older. But you, it does whatever, get but you're so like, the divisions are so ridiculous because it's like like I'm emo core, I'm not hardcore, <laughs> I don't like that. Or you know, I would never listen to Bane, <laughs> you know, screw that. And you're like, you know, but to the uninitiated, you're like Bane, My Chemical Romance, all isn't all just whiny screaming music. And but you're like, no, it's totally including weird. Bane in that is just so funny to me. <laughs> but like Bane is always the band I think of when people were like oh you like Carcar do you like Bane and I'm like no yeah. you're Cape Reed no yeah um, <laughs> not for but me but no it's like it, the most ridiculous to me is like how how violent the discourse between like black metal fans and death metal fans are they hate it's each so other funny. it's like the, what are these black and death folks for like what's black and death doing if Black metal we, fans and we just metal bought, fans hate each other. We go to uh, when we go to Amoeba to buy a record. Which, by the way, that's another thing that happened in the interim. Is my record collection has continued to grow at a not reasonable, responsible rate. That's the way to uh, do it. I listen. We listen to it all. Um, that's the way to do it. We'll go and typically Lauren and me will each pick two to three records, and that ends up being like a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollar trip. Um. And she picked Behemoth's new one, which I only listened to a few times, um, like their newest, newest yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And so she picked it, and so I put it on, and I was just like, I'm listening to it, going, how? Do, I know in America, in America, metal scene, Behemoth is known, but they're not really known in America. Like, I, like you kind of have to be into that shit. <laughs> but he was right. on The Voice. He was on Poland's The Voice, <laughs> like. And it's in like wearing his like edgelord Burzum shirt. Well, and so also you the know, thing you're like, how did you get on? How did he get on the voice? It's like, oh, because Poland has five popular. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so that's one of the things. Like when we went to Sweden, uh, we went to ABBA the museum, which they have, of course that there's an sense. ABBA museum, which uh, I think I heard. Oh no! It like goes to like all of like Sweden's music. Like it gets there's a part of it is like talking about all of Sweden's music. 
No, there isn't. It's literally here's them before they formed ABBA. Here is ABBA life, <laughs> and here's post ABBA. Did you know that one of them wrote a musical with Tony, with Tim Rice called Chess about Chess? It was on Broadway for not. two weeks or two months. <laughs> I don't know. It was short. It was short, but um, but no, it's like in ABBA is like yeah, okay, ABBA is an indelible pop group. They won Eurovision. They have a lot of great hits. They've got Mamma Mia. Wait, is that how they started? Yeah, they won. Well, that's not how they started, but that's how they got popular, was they won Eurovision. So I had never heard of Eurovision before moving here. Because <laughs> um, you're American. Because I'm American. I'm not gay. <laughs> uh, I, I, like, I don't know what else to say. And after moving here... People and especially because when I moved to SF, um, my just the kind of people in my life broadened, got more diverse, yeah. and so I had a lot like my Swedish friend was like, "Oh my god, do you want to come over for like a, to watch Eurovision?" And I'm like, "What is that?" Is that a like, movie? I googled it, and I'm just like, "This looks like super like gay and flamboyant," and he he is not, and I'm like, "Why is he inviting? <laughs> okay, maybe he's just into this, whatever." And we went, and it was exactly what I thought it was. I was just like, the whole time I was just like, this is 100% not my shit. Yeah. And people were getting into it, and people were like, I did not yeah. like, you know, uh, France. France wasn't breaking. And I'm like, I hate all of this. This is terrible. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't say that, uh, but I was just like, okay, your illusion's not for me. Do you know Lordy <laughs> from Finland? They're like a costumey kind of guar sort of band they're like if guar <laughs> focused more on their music than the gimmick <laughs> but the gimmick's still there um mm-hmm. but they won one year with a with a song called rock and roll hallelujah <laughs> which you should watch the music video for that it's wonderful and also I the song will. uh the devil's my bitch which is another did you see, great lordy um, single <laughs> did you see that guar did a tiny desk concert <laughs> i did I did. It's, uh, I, wa- I watched it and uh, it reaffirmed. Like I'm like they're very fun and funny. This music is not very good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, like I was just like waiting. Like this is your hit. So Sorry. my my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law who is in Sweden, uh, bought a cameo from one of the guys from Guar for like an. Op- that seems like the. They seem like the perfect <laughs> yeah. people to be on camera for like a. Uh, it was like a work Christmas party or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like there in costume. And he's like, I hope all of you crazy Swedes are having a good whatever Christmas Yule. I don't know what you do. I don't know your ways. <laughs> and I, I say I don't know your ways like that all the time now. <laughs> because, but, uh, but no, but like all that to say. So ABBA is, they're fine. ABBA's good. Michelle loves ABBA. There's no there's no band in the world quite like ABBA, and that's probably mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, never mind. There is a band quite like ABBA, and that's ABBA Teens or Eighteens, which was the <laughs> they, in the '90s they they br- found two boys and two girls to sing ABBA songs uh, as teenagers as like updated versions of them. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, but when a when a country, especially a smaller country, 
or on in terms of culture like when a when a country that hasn't doesn't have a huge cultural footprint gets that sort of success internationally mm. that person is then like oh this is the best we have so that makes sense to me that that the guy from behemoth would be on <laughs> poland's the voice i mean it, it like i remember when Nicki minaj was uh picked to be a voice uh and you're like coach, her that i was like like she can do stuff with her voice, and but she's mostly known for she's yeah. not really known for singing. She sure messes with her voice a lot, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then when I heard it, it for Poland's the voice, I'm like, I like Behemoth, but like that makes no sense. Like, how am I going to take <laughs> singing lessons from a guy who sings one way? Yeah, like he's very good at yeah. it. Yeah, but he only yeah. he does this incredible, horrifying scream yeah and that's all he knows and i'm like <laughs> if i go up there and i'm singing like i don't know country music he's what's he gonna teach me <laughs> yeah um like i oh, need to learn more you need some I'm, corpse paint i'm remembering <laughs> yeah i'm remembering now that i there's a girl i went to college with from i believe hungary who uh, was like a finalist on or a winner of hungarian idol and is like a minor celebrity in hungary now <laughs> mm-hmm. and was when she was a student like this was before she came to america for school she like was this minor celebrity back home it was very strange but but yeah all right so to bring it back around we agree that nepotism sucks but sometimes nepo babies can make good music yeah i mean it's I, it's probably just safe to assume. <laughs> is, that, is that the consensus? It's, of pro- the pop? it's probably safe to assume that just about anybody that is getting some sort of success is doing so because they had some way to platform them to that point. And so, whether it, well, it's and whether it's connections in the, the internet, community. yeah, is that it's going to be which just still a neutral playing field, which still and it's, you know isn't totally. It's more. It's no. much more. But like I, you know, I don't know if. Arcade Fire had any rich parents or anything like that, but the probably did to like, afford all those accordions. Um, I was like, you have to have some money to just have a band that big, um, <laughs> but the, or you don't, and you like, just keep getting people to split things more ways. Uh, what's that band? Rose Rosemary is like extremely into. Uh, Bandcamp, extremely yeah. on Bandcamp, always finding stuff on Bandcamp, and uh, so to what we're talking about, like Bandcamp exists, and there's uh, that's a great way yeah. to discover music that's not gonna come across your radar through even right because no one's really listening to FM Top Forty anymore, but the, uh, people the version of that is opening Spotify or Apple Music and seeing top streamed, yeah, the hits like the top. Playlists. I don't know any of those uh, that's names. That's today's versions. Days. And so I'm always grateful um, when Rosemary sends me bands and I always check them out. Or Mike, who we also had on the pod, he's another huge band camp user and always sending me stuff. But all that to say... I feel like most of the stuff that Mike sends us... <laughs> most of the stuff Mike sends us is like... He found it on a zip drive on the side of the road and uploaded he, it himself. He gets in there. <laughs> he gets in there. Um, but I say all that to say, like, they're connoisseurs. They're passionate, yeah. right? You can't expect most people to discover that. And so even, even like, a, I think you know who this band is, Agriculture. Yeah, hell yeah. Newer, Ooh, 
I didn't know they are. Rosemary told They're me about so them. Good. I checked them out. They're making waves uh, in in the narrow subgenre of like doom black metal, black, games ecstatic black stuff. metal, whatever. Yeah, uh, I dig them. I don't know. I I am not as in love with them as some people are, but I dig it. But even that, it's like, man, um, you know, I I wonder how much dough they're actually making. <laughs> and I, this has been more on my mind, not that I'm trying to count other people's money, but I mean, is this sustainable? Yeah. And it's been on my mind a little bit because I just read Jeff Rickley's novel, uh, Someone Who Isn't Me, which I cannot recommend it enough. If you, if you're a human, you should read it. But especially if you're in the music industry, if you've ever liked the band Thursday or tune in next friends time with addiction yeah because uh, I didn't know it's about his addiction and getting over it but it's really um, the, the the structure of the book is him getting clean through an ibogaine treatment in Mexico which is an extremely strong hallucinogenic and it has like a very high success rate of like helping mm. people stay clean versus just traditional methods of which is going clean uh, it's a one of the I I, I, I don't cry easily and i cried like three times in the book and i'm not a user i don't you know right have as far as i know have substance abuse issues i bring all that up to say what struck stuck with me so 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 strongly and i just could not believe is how broke he was after thursday even broke up yeah i'm like you guys are one of the biggest bands like relatively speaking but like they were headlining or or like they might not have been the top name on a festival flyer, but they were the second row at least. Yeah. And people knew them. Uh, you know, everybody at least knows understanding the car crash. And he, the book goes through, you know, band kind of breaks up and then he tries to found collect records and it gets deep. And Martin Shkreli. Uh, oh God. Farmer bro. Him, I don't know if you know all that mess. So he, they became friends because he bought the guitar when him trying to make money, Jeff sold yeah. the guitar he used to make full collapse and Martin Shkreli bought it for 10 grand and then like contacted him. They became like buds and he helped him found collect records <laughs> and um, yeah. then all that came out right. and ruined his Jeff's life. Yeah. Tons of industry people worked at Collect Records, like people from uh, X Texas is the reason people work there, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. The book deals with all that. I I just belabor the point to say I could not get over how broke yeah. he was throughout the entire book thinking, don't you have like fat royalties coming in from like your six records? Yeah, I know some of your later work wasn't as popular, but still. And it's just like, no. And I, I'm wondering like, what is the financial difference between yeah. maybe Thursday at their height and My Chemical Romance at their height? Because in my mind, My Chemical Romance was just a little bit more popular. And I'm like, mate, I guess I'm wrong. I guess My Chemical Romance is like way more popular. <laughs> Even cause I bring them up because Jeff produced their first record. If you're a listener and didn't know yeah. that. Well, Jeff Rickley kind of found them, befriended Here's them, produced their first record. Not that Spotify is the be-all, end-all. MyChem has 15.6 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Oh, man. I bet Thursday has 600,000. That's my guess. Uh, they have... Uh, so the top five tracks that are on here, 
Teenagers has 789 million streams. That's a good. Song. Welcome to the Black Parade has uh, Teenagers. <laughs> Teenagers by My Chemical Romance is Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah, it's sure. just Achy Breaky Heart. To bring it back to Billy Ray Cyrus, <laughs> <laughs> Black Parade has 673 million. Helena has 355 million. I'm not okay. 392 million. Disenchanted 134 million. This goes back to the playlist thing too. Those are all on yeah. playlists, like the pre-made ones. How many did you th- say you thought Thursday had? I'm guessing monthly active. Is that what we monthly listeners? Heard? Monthly listeners. I think I'm unfortunately at this day and age six hundred thousand. Oh, you're gonna be so heartbroken. Real? Is it lower? Two hundred eighty. That's it. Two hundred eighty. Understanding as a car crash has nineteen million plays. Well. Okay, and then go, it is though. nine million like, for war all the time, six million for standing on the edge of summer, three million, four million. <sighs> so that, it is like, it is a factor. Oh, it is a magnitude of a hundred almost. And my chem took my chem uh, almost my chem did right. They took them on uh, tour right, but like what, last year, my chem has almost a billion plays. And I mean, you I know. know you don't like them. I think they're good. I just, I, it boggles my mind again reading that, uh, but, which it is technically nonfiction. He, right. he said it was, he didn't want to do a memoir, and so it was the closest to a memoir he yeah. could do, but keep it fiction. Anyways, I just couldn't get over that he was, I'm like sitting there reading yeah. it going, so in 2017, you're broke? Yep. Like the guy who made some of the best art in the world and like had a, by all accounts, radically successful career. Um and yeah, I think the record label falling apart really wounded him financially too. Yeah. But Jesus, it was just—I don't know. It was just like if he can't make it, if they can't make it financially. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, even before managing it well and whatever, it's finding deals that don't put you with the short end of the stick, which. Lauren and I were talking about this of like yeah. all these bands coming back now. They're like, yeah, no more v- Victory Records 360 deal. None yeah. of that shit. Yeah. No. And so, but Thursday was one of those bands that had a series of bad label experiences. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, weekly picks. Yours is. Yeah. Thursday, Thurs- not Nepo Babies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we did, however, I saw Thursday one time in like 2006, 2007. And there was a band opening for them on tour called We Were All Broken. And everyone was like, because it was also like Me Without You and Minus the Bear were playing with them. And people were like, we're, That's a fun tour. We're all broken. Who the, who's that? And it turned out like, oh, one of the guys is friends with Jeff's brother or something like that. <laughs> you know? So it's like, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, weekly pick. All right. I'm going to be really annoying. I want to. There's so many things I want to say that are relevant to our listeners. It has been also and two I'm months gonna, since we've had a weekly pick. And I'm going to push, dear listener, on you, and this includes you, Nat. There's a record called Like Minds. Record called Like Minds. It is by various artists. <laughs> it is by uh, Chick Corea, Gary Burton, Pat Metheny, and Dave Holland. Pat Metheny, what's he and doing? It is, is this a recent thing? No, 1992. Okay. No, sorry. 98. 98. I was going to say. It's jazz. Yeah, yeah. It's called Like Minds. Pat Matheny. 
Pamathini and Chicory, I think, are the two most popular dudes on King here. of the King of the great. smooth jazz guitar. <laughs> it's, it's smooth jazz. I do not like smooth jazz, so it's a stretch for me. There's a lot of fucking xylophone, a lot of xylophone, and Man, I do not like xylophone. Now I gotta do jazz. a bleep. I gotta find my bleep sample. Oh, sorry, yeah, bleep. Uh, <laughs> But man, I love this record. I can't get enough of it. It's one of the best sounding records I've ever heard. Um, it, it, like, to me, it is just masters working in harmony. And if you had to, smooth jazz is a little unfair to it because it is. It's a soft jazz. jazz. It's a. But it's soft. Yeah. It's a soft. It's a jazz. mellow yes. jazz. Pat Metheny's guitar tone is 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 real rounded and you know, and like, here's the th- I, I'm like yeah here's kind of maybe left it a little raw or yeah pat, here's sure. here's the thing is that even as much as like Pat Metheny's in like the smooth jazz sort of world you listen mm-hmm. to Pat Metheny and then you listen to like Spyro Gyra and it's like they are smooth jazz <laughs> my my stepdad I was okay. My stepdad was letting me uh, pick through his collection at one point, and uh, he was. You've mentioned them before. Yeah, have I mentioned Spyrogyra? You have. <laughs> the name's familiar. And you're so, the only human on the planet that would that's tell me about untru- that. Okay, maybe tell you. But so I'm looking. He's looking through what I grabbed. And he goes, "You didn't grab Spyrogyra? They're jazz." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I put it on, and it is the wingiest little smooth jazz I've ever heard. I'm like, no way. My my opinion of my stepdad dropped about three degrees that day. <laughs> but it was various artists. Yes. I mean the record's called Like Binds. Yes. If you pop it in whatever, search for Chikoria or Pat Metheny will come up. Yeah. And uh uh it's it's go. one of the best jazz records I've ever mm. heard and um and I probably will not dive further into smooth jazz i think this is about <laughs> as far this is about at the end you should listen to me. have you listened to any of chicoria's work with return to forever so i listened to that okay. recently because of this okay. record and the, i do like it return i'm not to forever i haven't gotten into the later ones but the first return to forever record is like real good. that's what it's, i listen to yeah 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 it's yeah. i mean it's, it's kind of like and i say this with all the love in my heart uh, you have to understand that what I am saying is a compliment. It's like if Fred Rogers, Mister Rogers, went to space yeah. and smoked a lot <laughs> That's of weed. Fair. <laughs> yeah, it's well. The record's called the record. I was it was it's by Chikoria, the artist of Chikoria, obviously, and then it's called Return right, right, right. That's kind of a this kind of a fuzzy thing. Return to Forever okay. was the name of a group, but it was it was marketed as Chikoria because nobody knew who Return to Forever was. Okay, but they were called. Anyways, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. That's also on the edge for me yeah. of like. Ugh, it's definitely I don't know how much, you yeah. Know. It's definitely the I listen to a lot of like early seventies Miles Davis's bands, other projects in his electric mm-hmm. period, and that's the one that I'm like, this is kind of this this is the least revolutionary of the things here, but. Um, like I said, who, who it has been thinking? it has been like two months since we have met. You have a deep dive band camp one, aren't you? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Um, I have had a number of things that I could have chosen, and my 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 pick has changed a few times. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this in my weekly pick, but then it keeps getting put on. So I'm trying to not. 
I'm trying to, I, there's one I wanted to highlight that I'm trying to, I'm trying not to do that, but I will, before any of that, say that listeners should go back to when <laughs> Jesse picked Pathos by Conjurer. Go back to that <laughs> weekly pick. Jeez, this record. You're going to reference a previous yes. weekly pick. Yes. So I'm, glad, I'm glad you came around on that. Uh, I just, I don't know if I didn't listen to it at all, but I put it on my, uh, I saved it on Spotify for the flight and I put it on at one point and I was like, this is, this is, it's like comically heavy. And I say that as a compliment. It is just absurd, this record. It's so good. But my pick is an album called Denouement by a Mon- uh, a Montreal band called Re- Respire. Uh, they are they call themselves Post Everything. Uh, it's like a seven or eight piece band. It's Denouement, like a rising action. Jesse, the French the French word that you would have learned in your English class. But, a rising action. Yeah, denouement, like the denouement of a story. I'll I'll put it no in there. He, ta- I'm right. watching him type it into the into the document, and it's I am, it's yeah. very phonetic. Um, I don't know what you're saying, <laughs> but so it is French. like I keep trying to be like okay, I because I'm I'm one of these guys that I catalog everything in a few different ways. So like I have a spreadsheet on my computer with all of my records. I then have it on my discogs. I have all of... Do you duplicate between spreadsheet and discogs? Uh-huh. Uh, Why just... I don't know, but then, do yeah, just because... Discogs cause I, go down someday? No, just, uh, I just like to keep my own records in my own in my own form. Uh, and then I also like will download them and put them on my computer and categorize it there and add it to my phone, whatever. But so I'm adding it to my thing, and, it, and I have the column for genre, and I just sit there and I go... Uh, oh, you do genre. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very very like methodo- methodical about it, and I, I I sit there and I'm like, is this screamo? No, it's not screamo really. Black gaze? You- no, it's not really black gaze. Uh, That's so black metal. No, post rock. No, because like it's got like. Yeah, it's like kind of lives in there, but it also like has horns and strings and it's screamed vocals a lot of the times. And it's just this wild thing. (laughs) It is um, just a a great record that uh, if you are a fan of things like uh, Envy or Alceste or you know, kind of go on out of like well, experimental heavy music. It's it's in there. I've never listened to Envy and I'm about to because oh, we're doing our yeah. Thursday well, spoiler Thursday deep dive. I already but, uh, hinted at it earlier. I never um <clears throat> I have only heard the Thursday songs from that yeah. split. I don't know why. I just was lazy ass and never listened to the Envy ones and um I hear I should listen to Envy. Envy is great. Listen to uh I forget the name of the record. Um, I'll I'll just send it to you. Also, Insomniac Doze Days. If listeners want more of Nat's picks, you don't plug it on the show. I don't plug it on my show. I don't plug it anywhere. Follow my blog. (laughs) 
What? How does one follow your? Go blog? to a, you put effort into it. A yearofvinyl dot com. Yeah, I pay for that just, domain. But you no, oh you pay for the domain. It's ten dollars. I'm saying it's not ten dollars. I, mean, I know it's what ten dollars a month to but write. <laughs> uh, no, it's t- domain names are like ten dollars. I know, but they but they a year. You got to tell me mm-hmm. where your domain guys are. I got I'm domain spending. names are about ten dollars. Okay, a year it's now. the hosting and all that for hosting. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah, all the stuff I got to pay. Um, you put real effort. I know what it takes. I put to too much effort. I put too much effort into it. And because I have to do it every damn day <laughs> uh, for something at work, and I want to yep. just scream at the keyboard, and I have to write my thoughts down. <laughs> and then after that's done, I'm like, I want to write a blog post about neoliberalism, and I'll sit down and start writing, and my brain is like mush. Yep. And I'm like, I don't have it in me to write deeply. So uh, I'm envious. You, well, should, you should that you have that power for better or for should, worse. You should advertise it more for better or for worse. I often start my work day with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with with yeah. uh, writing. Yeah, that's my that's my that's warm up writing. Probably where your energy is. You know, that's where it's going. Picking. That's why I don't do anything else. Um, I have a huge backlog that I'm trying to uh, get through. But I just pulled up like minds on Discogs to see what it what it's running right now, and it has been printed once. Uh, seems right. One one pressing in 2005, and its median price. Is a hundred because I hunted for it on Amoeba. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like really looking for it. I was like, "Come on, yeah. you guys gotta have this, I, this record's go. popular." We'll just put it on your want list. That's not doing. My wife will buy it for me for some. There you go. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. We're to have been married twelve years as of yesterday. Hey, well, congratulations! I was trying to remember why I couldn't make it to the wedding. I don't remember. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Dude, I don't remember. People were asking too, like, "Oh, what's it like?" Like people were talking ago? like I'm some old sage. Like, why are you been married twelve years? Like, what's what's it take? Twenty eleven, like, right? Takes, yeah, because it was the year. Like, yeah, it was the honestly, year. Honestly, the biggest married. secret is not being an asshole. That's really like, it. Yeah. What like really just ask the person what they want, communicate, proactively tell them when you're doing things. Like ninety nine percent of relationship fights I hear yeah. about are just like. The person did a thing without considering the other person, and I'm like, or or didn't do the thing right, that okay. they should have considered. Which which I'm I'm that gonna was avoidable. which I'm gonna go deal with because I was supposed to clean the bottles before Michelle got home, and I forgot. So what the hell? I know, You're I know. ruining it. I know, but I did buy a chainsaw um, today. Cleared up a branch. You do so many manly things. I'm, I'm like just always messing around on a computer, I, and you're always like, I re, I did wood, woodworking today. Well, I, uh, a branch fell in our front yard the other day during the neighborhood block party. <laughs> so, luckily, everybody was just down the block, but we all saw it happen. But best I can tell, a family of squirrels was found a hollow to make a nest, and they were burrowing oh. around, and they uh, compromised the strength of the wood. And it, the branch fell off, and I went to check out what's going on, and three squirrels were found among the wreckage. One of them didn't make it. The other two ran right upstairs. Aww. They ran right back up. It was actually the one that I expect. Like it's the one that seemed the most fine, which was weird. He was just still on the pavement later that day, and I was like, "Hey, he didn't land on the pavement." It should be known. He landed on the grass, but then he crawled oh, over God. to the pavement. Yeah, it was sad. I'm sick and tired of doing stuff with dead animals. All right, sir. I will see you later. And uh, see you in two weeks, maybe. 
Now that you're not two weeks, not sucking up to your boss so much. (laughs) (laughs) I never do that. (laughs) You got that promotion somehow. Thank you for listening to D2 Radio. This podcast is hosted and produced by Jesse Atkinson and Matt Fitzgerald, who apologize for their rambling, but they also won't adjust their behavior, so their apology should be taken with a grain of salt. If, for whatever reason, you want more, you can follow at D2 Radio Pod on all socials and visit D2RadioPod.com. Someone, please... Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs>